0: So, we're talking about, right now, loving well, right? And that's one thing all of us really do share in common. We don't do this well. We just don't. I mean, the most loving person in here, that's great. I'm, that's not to, like, bring you down and make you feel horrible about yourself. But just as human beings, our deepest desire is to protect ourselves and to make sure that, that we get what we want and that it's in the most comfortable way possible, right? I'm, I mean, this is, we resonate with that a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, and I know deep down, I, this is what's tough sometimes to go, no, but we can't just judge people. Keith, you can't just say that because you don't know what's going on. And here's what I'm saying is, is, I don't know, hopefully your intention is to always do good. But even with the my greatest intentions, listen, I don't love well. And really when it comes down to, to getting my way and arguing my point and all that kind of stuff, it really comes down to, I, I want Keith to not have to, you know, do anything that's going to be scary or hard or uncomfortable or any of those things. Um, and very embarrassingly so, um, I tend to not think enough about how I can love people well. And, and the verse that hopefully resonates with all of us is John 13, 34 and 35. What, what does that say? Okay, I mean, you keep hearing me say it all the time, but what does it, what does it say? What did John write about the words of Jesus? What is it? John 13, 34, 35. doesn't have to be exact. Jesus didn't speak in English. Another, so Go back. Start again. I was in your way. Start. Okay, okay. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one part in there, too, and that is as I loved you. Right. Love one another. And that's the thing is, is we live in a world where love is so subjective. It's like maybe to you, love means just being kind to people, or maybe love just means not being judgmental to people, or maybe that's what love means to you, but that's not even what he's, what Matt just said is, is love one another as I have loved you. That's a very, very, there's a strict parameter on that. Not just love how you feel like people should be loved or get loved how Jesus loved us. So, I hope as we do this, we do remember something and this is something that I've got to in the morning when I'm studying my Bible, when I'm thinking, when I'm just going through my day, I have to remember this one statement is discipleship in Jesus, okay? The fo- following Jesus is not about me feeling closer to him. will you just listen, marinate on that cuz everyone's not going to like that statement. This is where like this is almost exclusive opinion of of, uh, of the world is they don't like Christianity because it's this exclusive club. Like everybody just comes in, and it's just this club that no one else is allowed in, and, and everybody comes together. And here's what I'm saying is that wasn't Jesus' intent for the church. It was that he pours his love into us and then we go out and pour that love into the world. Okay? It's so important because if we forget about that, then we start like church shopping. We start going, I need to find a church that's going to meet my needs. So going, that was never the purpose of the church. The church's purpose and, the, and, and to follow Jesus, there was never a time when Jesus was like, come and follow me so for the sole purpose that you feel better about you. Now, now let me back up a little bit before you, uh, listen. Uh, there's a benefit in following Jesus is it's great to feel peace. Mm-hmm. And it's great to feel joy. And it's great to, to internalize patience. And, it's great. Those are benefits, but those aren't the purpose of Jesus loving us. The purpose is that we would go. So as we talk about loving well, it isn't like, okay, let me love well and let me love th- you know, this person in my life and this friend and all that kind of stuff because that's going to make my life better. It's like, no, that we love well because that's how Jesus loved us. He loved us well, right? And so that's, it's so vital that we continue to go back to that, okay? Because if not, then it's just going to be this insular thing where Christianity is just about, well, you know, it doesn't really matter, all these things, just if I love the people around me, it's really interesting is Jesus didn't even say that right he said you got to love one another but he said you got to love your enemies too right yeah. that, that's a tough one anybody got that down right hey, you got that down right just really well we're wow wow that's so easy for me no but this is what he's calling us to so that's what we're set really setting our sights on through the month of October and into November is how can me and you really be transformed to love well okay and so here's a question I, that I'd like to ask you is, it, this, may, this may sound totally um, depressing, okay? It's not meant to be. What do you want your obituary to say? Like, write it out sometime. What do you want it to say? What do you want it to say? What do you want people to read in your obituary? And, and I understand we live in a world where every time someone dies, all of a sudden death makes you a saint. ever notice that like everyone that's died all of a sudden they become like the mother Teresa of America you know like oh my goodness they couldn't stop giving of themselves and and I'm like that doesn't seem to be my experience in our culture that everybody's like that I mean and I'm not saying that just doesn't seem to be the fruit of our culture if everybody that died was like that our country would be different okay and so what I'm saying is what do you want your obituary not mine don't think about my obituary if you that's okay don't don't all right, i've got to worry about my obituary All right. What do you want yours to say? What will it be a part of? Will it be something that really won't matter? Like here's the thing is it's awesome to be a college graduate But you know what In 200 years no one cares They don't whatever our perfect here's the truth of the matter is 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 in hundred It doesn't matter that I, that i'm just my if my obituary just says that keith was in the full-time ministry I failed I have. I mean, if if the title of what I've been hired to do is what I leave behind, all right, if whatever your profession is, say, man, they were awesome at that profession, it really isn't going to matter. What do you want your obituary to say? And let me ask you the second question, what would it say? Like, it's great to have a dream of what it would say, but if somebody wrote it right now, what would it say? What would it say? Okay, and it's it's really interesting. Would it would it say the things that matter most to Jesus, or would it say the things that matter most to the world? Right? I mean, it's like, oh man, he was uh, he was an awesome employee. He was he was awesome at his profession. He was whatever. You know, is, would that matter to Jesus? Well, sure, it would matter to him. But would it matter eternally? Because all of these things we're talking about loving well, re- really, you know, we've talked about this. I mean, I, don't you love First Corinthians thirteen when Paul writes? Hey, everybody loves First Corinthians thirteen, right? I mean, love is patient, love is kind. It's awesome. That's amazing. Except there's verses before that. There's Bible before that, right? I mean, sometimes we read the Bible like there's nothing before it. This is before it. It says, "Hey, listen, man. If you, you can be the the all star of your church." You can be the guy that comes in, and you can do things, and you can understand all mysteries, and you can prophesy, and you can teach, and you can do all these things. And if it's done without love, it's a clanging cymbal. It's, it, wouldn't that be hard? I mean, I, I, love, I love listening to Kristen play, 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 play the violin, um, the fiddle, whatever she calls it, you know. I love listening to that. I like hearing the box drum. I like hearing all these things. But, you know, what if it was one of those things where Murphy just walked up with some cymbals and just started like, boom, boom. We would be like, please, stop. I don't care if you're playing the cymbals better than anyone that's ever played them. You are clanging in our ears, okay? Um, and the thing about it is, I, here's, here's my guess is, um, a, a, again, I'm just asking us to examine our hearts, okay? It's not like figuring out who is the clanging cymbal and who isn't and if you are or aren't or whatever, um, but, but the truth of the matter is, is is we have to figure this out and see, you know, am I that? All right, or am I loving the way Jesus loved me? And we've, we've gone into that. I mean, you could spend a day writing out all the ways Jesus has loved me and you, couldn't you? I mean, how, when could you stop? I mean, uh, you could go on and on and on, and then Jesus is simply saying, okay, now you, you take that list and go do that to other people in my name. All right, that's discipleship right there. It's so simple, okay, but it's a little tough emotionally sometimes. And so I want you to think about that. I want you to think about about um, what your obituary, uh, you, what you want to say, what it would say. Turn over to Luke chapter fifteen, um, because this is something that's really important, okay? It's it's um, it, it, it's funny. I think if we were to do kind of a a huge study. Or a huge, like, um, you know, like a survey on Christianity in America. I don't think this. I mean, there's plenty of surveys that do this. This is actually pretty common. Um, Most people would say, man, it's just kind of this private, insular club, you know, that that the people that get together and judge everyone else outside of the group. I mean, and there's this, there's that view of it. But then there's a secondary view, which is... um, People don't want the church to go and reach out into the community either. Like, Christianity's private, man. I mean, don't come into my life. Don't come and proclaim the gospel to me. Don't, don't do that. So it's one of those things where it's a no-win situation sometimes for disciples, where it's like, listen, y'all stop being insular, but don't get involved in my life. All right? It's kind of like a no-win situation, okay? But here's what I'm going to tell you here in Luke 15. This is a really... Um, this is a pretty common story, but it's, I think it's one of those uh, parables that in Christianity we can go, we don't like this anymore. We don't like talking about these things in our, in our world. This is a first century problem, right? And it's a, it's a story of the, what we would consider like the prodigal son, right? He, many of you are familiar with that story, okay? And here's what I would love to do, okay? You can go and read this anytime. But I want you, could you tell, could you tell the story of the prodigal son and his dad and his brother? Because here's the deal is, if the only time we ever know anything about the Bible is when I'm putting my eyes on those words, then it's not really like writing it on my heart. Like, can I tell the story? This is a phenomenal story about the character of God. All right, This is phenomenal about Jesus' love for people, specifically love for the lost. Right there, I mean, we've kind of, we've, we've kind of trickled into an area that, you know, You ever have that thought, like, you know there's lost people, but it's not you, right? (laughs) And it's none of your friends. It's none of your friends. It's somebody else, because your friends really want to do the right thing. And it's certainly not anybody in your family. And so my experience is the opposite, okay, was the idea of I was lost, I figured it out, My family was lost. My brothers were lost. My parents were lost. And you all know it just saying that? You all know what? It just kind of, it's like uh, fingernails on chalkboard. We don't want to talk about that. Because there's nothing worse in our world today than to say there's lost people. But here's what I'm going to tell you, okay? The ripest mission field in the world is the United States of America. Okay, is this true? All right? Believe me. We are deceived to think that we are a saved country. I mean, there's no way that the character of Jesus Christ is being shown through, okay? So we've got to, like, reach some kind of brave conclusion. If we're going to love well, all right, let me ask you something. Why did Jesus come? There's some murmuring out there. (laughs) Right, right. Okay, so Jesus himself said, I came for this reason, to seek and save that what was lost. All right. Connect the dots with me. All right. He says, follow me. <laughs> Just two simple words. Follow me. Do what I do, how I did it. Love people the way I love people. The w- love people the way I love you. That's what Jesus is telling us. And my purpose is to seek and save the lost. Therefore, Okay, there that's like a mathematical equation, I think, or some kind of like thing. If this then therefore this must be true, right? What must be true if Jesus said, I came for this reason, now you follow me, therefore what? That that's your reason too. Okay? It has to be. And and here's the deal, is 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 there's man, have you ever figured have you have you looked around? Hopefully you have. I mean it, our country and our community, and our, we're in shambles. Have you ever thought, like, it's just overwhelming. Like, how do you actually, like, make any change at all? Like, how can you do that? There's just too many people out there with too many problems, all right? And it just seems sometimes, like, you might feel like, I'm the only one that's doing it. Here's what I want to just kind of, for you to soak in. One person at a time. One person at a time. Okay. I know it can get all like, no, no, no. I want to go out and study about 12 people and do this. Listen, one at a time, one at a time. We know Jesus came. He said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. He tells a story about a dad and his sons, about lost people. And there might not be a subject we talk about that we hate talking about more than this, or that we get more sensitive about than talking about this. Okay. And, and could you imagine Jesus sitting in a room like this and he's like guys let me tell you a story about me and my dad all right let me tell y'all a story in a way that you'll understand is there was a father who loved his children okay any dads relate to that all right right there Jesus has us okay he's like hey here's a dad and he has a he has a son that's a little bit wild and he's got another son that's like man he does the right thing all the time all right And if you ever had that, could you ever imagine your son rebelling against you? Have you ever seen that before? Right? I mean, don't you love Jesus the way he can tell a story? He's like, hey, let me tell you something. And he had this son, and he said, you know, this dad and his son, and and the son had the audacity to say, Dad, listen, I know you're not dead yet. I want my inheritance. I want money. Okay, now. Like, there's things going on I need money for, and you have it liquidated for me. Okay? And dad is like, okay, who knows what that looked like on a day-to-day basis? This wasn't, understand, in this parable that's being told, there's so much that we have to kind of connect the dots in the parable of, you know, it probably wasn't this, as as Jesus told it, it probably wasn't supposed to be this stale story of like, you know, the son coming up and going, dad, I'd like your inheritance now. And they're like, oh, son, no, no, no. I mean, can you imagine the emotion of that as a parent? And then watching your child go and watching them just exploit that and throw that away and just live in a way that none of us would ever imagine our children living. Jesus is telling us this story and he's saying, hey, listen. Boy, doesn't everybody pray when that happens for that that moment when the light bulb goes off. And the sun comes back and the sun. He's just like, man, I have messed up. And and Jesus saying, let me tell you about my father. My father isn't like, let me lecture you and let me get, let me, let me do all this. There's going to be a time for talking. I'm sure dad was going to talk to the son at some point, but now he has come back, right? Is that the son of mine? He said was dead. Was his son really dead? No, but he was dead to the family. He was dead to everything that they believed in. He said he was lost, but now he's found. And here's the sad part is the dad had two lost sons. The dad had two lost sons. And and that's the part we don't like to talk about. Because all of us agree on the prodigal son being lost. Is he went and squandered it on whatever. You know, we can talk about he squandered it on prostitution. He squandered it on whatever, drug, you name it. He was squandering it in wild living. But there was another brother... And when the dad said, listen, we're, we're throwing a party for this kid. We're throwing a party for your brother who was a screw up and he messed up and he took all our money and he wasted it and he did everything we taught him not to do. He's back. He was dead, but he's alive. We are partying and celebrating that. And then the older brother said, no, he said, dad, let me tell you something. I've been slaving for you for years. And you didn't give me anything. He said, you didn't even give me a young goat. Isn't that every guy's dream right there? It's just, just a young goat, dad. That's all I want. You know, we got plenty of goats, right? He said, like, you didn't give me a goat, all right? And his dad said, man, you don't you know what? Here, essentially his dad said, you didn't even know me. You could have asked me for anything and I would have given it to you. You've been with me all along, except there's something that hasn't been with me, your heart. You've been doing it because you think you had to do it because you're too scared to do what your brother did, but you're as lost as him. okay? And here's the truth of the matter is that what we see is is this dad who loves the lost well. Yeah. That, that, Jesus is telling us this story about this is what my dad does, okay? And there's two messages here. there's, there's, there's really two messages. there's this idea of First of all, asking the question of, have you personally been found? Have you gone from death to life? All right, that's really important. If you have, that's fantastic. Okay, Except I, w- I want to share a principle that's happened uh, in, in just evangelical Christianity. Conversion and discipleship have been completely separated. <coughs> So in a lot of ways, we oftentimes will mix these up. We'll say, no, 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 I I did come from death to life. I I was baptized into Christ. I did come. I did. That happen." But then I acted like the older brother because discipleship didn't matter. Like following Jesus, I had that one experience, and that's what's going to carry me forever. But I'm really going to be bitter anytime Jesus doesn't give me what I want. Anytime he treats somebody else better than he treats me. And I'm not going to overcome my sin. I'm not going to get out of my sexual sin. I'm not going to get out of any of that stuff because I had that one experience. And and we've got to ask ourselves, okay, man, we've got to put that back together. And we've got to go, did I come from death to life and then begin living as as a follower, following Jesus? Okay. And sometimes what ends up happening is is we kind of jump over to the other side and we say, hold on a minute. I lived the life of following Jesus. Like, I, I read my Bible, I go to church, I'm like the older brother, I do the things I'm supposed to do, I try to follow Jesus as much as possible, and so, coming from death to life, that doesn't mean anything, but it means everything, it means everything, okay, and you go, but Keith, I'm not dead, well, the, the, the son wasn't dead, but you understand the verbiage that the dad used, he goes, no, he's dead, and we've got to, like, be able to, to, to get to that place. Am I sitting here trying to do what Jesus wants me to do dead? Okay, because understand the father, the the, the one who loves well is going, no, no, come here. I want to take you from death to life. I want you to do that. Okay, I want you to turn over to Romans chapter six, actually, and we're going to come back to this. I know we've been kind of paraphrasing this and all these things, but I want you to look at this because there's like a couple of steps that need to happen here is if in fact, we are going to love well and love like Jesus loved. And love like he loves us. It's, this has to be like really dealt with in our lives. Have I actually gone from death to life? And not because of how somebody told me or what a church said, but really because I've laid my eyes on the Bible. Okay, in these areas, Romans 6. Oh, uh, Let's start in verse 1. Paul says, you know, what What should we say then? Should we continue to sin so that grace may increase? No, absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Did you know that? Have you ever been taught that? Have you ever read that? Have you ever looked at that before? Is that, wow, this is more, something's happening like, Paul is saying, no, don't you realize you are baptized into the death of Jesus? Like, Jesus died and he went into his tomb just like you went under the water. Okay? He says, don't you know this, that you are buried with him in baptism so that... He says, here's the deal is, you got to come to life so that you can do something with it. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father we too may walk in a new way of life. For if we've been joined with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that sin's dominion over the body may be abolished. Did you know that? Did you know that that is what going from death to life is? you guys remember, how many, how many people in here, you like John chapter 3, okay? What's a famous verse from John chapter 3? Talk to me about that. What? That may be one of the greatest verses in the entire Bible, isn't it? I mean, that is a treaty on the character of God, that God so loved the world. The, the, the rebellious, disobedient, World that wasn't looking for him, that didn't want him, that had rejected him over time. He said he loved the world so much that he sent his son to die, that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Okay? That that kind of makes our ears kind of ring a little bit like that would be awesome if that were true. It'd be awesome if all, wouldn't it be great if all you had to do was believe that Jesus existed? Like, who cares how you live? Like, he we didn't really mean to glorify him. He didn't really mean to die to your sin. He didn't really mean any of that stuff. He just meant for us to go on with our lives and just, if somebody asks you, do you believe in Jesus? We're like, sure, I believe in Jesus. I want to go to heaven, don't you? But we know, I mean, that's one of the worst kept secrets in Christianity these days. I mean, if we're clinging on to that still, okay, believe me, every denomination in the books have debunked that. They're like, no, 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 of course it's not just belief, Okay. And it's funny because, remember how I told you there's Bible before verses? There's really good Bible before John 3.16, too. Because John 3.16 is awesome, but it comes right after Jesus had a conversation with a dude. Do you remember his name? Right, Nicodemus. Okay? And he's talking to Nicodemus. Who was Nicodemus? Okay, so he didn't know nothing about religion, right? He didn't know anything about, you know, the old law. He didn't know anything about God, right? Man, this is a guy that knew some things. This is not just some guy off the street, okay? And Nicodemus is like, Jesus, can we talk? And, and, and this is what's really cool. Turn over to John chapter 3. I love this because, again, here's the, here's, here's the truth. And I know this can be, this can be super hard to hear on, on two accounts. Number one is this is brand new. Or number two is it's not brand new to you, but you're really like it's scary to have to bring this to the world. So I get that. okay? But here's John 3. Again, 3.16 is great. He's talking to Nicodemus. Verse 1, there was a man in John chapter 3. There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know you've come from God as a teacher, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. All right. Isn't that great? Nicodemus believes in Jesus. He says, you have to be from God. You're doing things we've never seen anybody do. Okay? And this is what Jesus said. I want you to think what we would say if somebody came up to us and said, certainly, you're from God. Certainly, you, gosh, I've never seen anybody like you. I've never, it's amazing. You must be from God. Okay? What would you say back? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Can move, move a little bit from Patrick. Uh, move the baby from Patrick right now, okay? Um, but the truth of the matter is, is uh, we would probably go, oh, man, golly, thanks. That's great. Maybe you wouldn't say, golly. <laughs> oh, man, thanks. I'm really glad you saw it. That's really encouraging to me. This is like a little encouragement date right here with Nicodemus. I'm so encouraged now. Okay, yes, yeah, this is so awesome. It's funny Jesus didn't say that. He said, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he can't even enter the kingdom of God. He's like, thanks for the compliment, Nicodemus, but here's what Jesus didn't come for, us to compliment him. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to say, you're so awesome. Jesus, you're so awesome, and, and wow, you, must, you do so many great things. He's like, well, yeah, that's true. I do great things. But listen, Nicodemus, you're a Pharisee. You're the ruler of the Jews. I'm going to tell you something you need to hear. You can't enter the kingdom of God. Unless you're born of water and spirit. Unless you're born of water and spirit. Okay? And so he goes on and he says, uh, whatever is born of the flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where, where it's going. So is everyone with everyone born of the spirit. Nicodemus says, how can these things be? Jesus says, you're a teacher of Israel and you don't know this? You don't know this? You're a teacher of Israel and you don't know this. It's really interesting because we go, well, how would he know this? Because, I mean, Jesus is just starting to teach, right? He's just starting to teach about things like baptism and stuff, right? Except it's interesting, the old law is full of it. Full of things, right? Peter tells us that. Peter said, hey, you want to know about baptism? Noah, the ark, God saved people in water. Okay, there it is. It's right there. And so Jesus is going, how do you not know this? How do you not know this to be the case? Okay, I assure you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we've seen, but you don't accept our testimony. If I've told you about the things that happen on earth and you don't believe, how how will you believe if I tell you about things in heaven? So he's giving him this whole lesson. And guys, here's what I'm saying is, is there's only really one way that, things change in our world or in our community or in our families or in our neighborhoods or whatever it's it's one person at a time going from death to life one person at a time going from death to life and following Jesus and walking with him one person at a time doing this Jesus loves the lost if we're going to love well we cannot neglect this all right and again when i say lost okay here's not what i'm i'm not saying that go find the person that has the most messed up life okay the oldest son had a fine life. And I'm not talking about judging intention. I'm saying it's very clear. We need to help people go from death to life. To die with Jesus in baptism, be raised again, and then to follow him in a new way of life. Okay, Wait, To do that, we've got to, this really is about loving well, okay? Does it scare you a little bit? Yeah. It is, isn't it? I mean, isn't it just kind of like, oh man, well how do I go about doing that? And we, get, we get locked up in that, right? Here's what I learned. I never ha- here's one of the things. It's things that I really, really want, I don't oftentimes need a teacher for. I'm gonna tell you why, okay? When I was middle school kid, actually fourth grader, I remember this. I was a late bloomer, okay? I remember I realized girls were pretty in fourth grade. I remember. I was like, wow, where'd they come from? Okay, I'm not going to pick my nose in public anymore, you know, I'm going to start, like I got to tighten up here a little bit because we got a lot of pretty girls in this classroom, okay, I realized that, here's what's funny is, as I got older, I was like, I want one of those, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, man, that would be awesome. They mostly didn't feel the same way about me. Okay, I learned that in a hurry, okay? That was, there, was, there was a missing piece to that puzzle, all right? But here's the funny thing about this is it wasn't because I didn't try. <laughs> <laughs> the humiliation I put myself through. <laughs> the humiliation I put... Ellie doesn't even want to look at her dad right now. <laughs> The, the, okay, this is pre cell phone. I mean, let me just tell you about this, okay? Everyone didn't have a cell phone when I was in high school. In fact, no one had a cell phone in high school. Internet didn't exist when I was in high school, okay? Very few people actually even had a, like, a, a, a message machine. Remember those? Right? The message, the, very few people had that. And so I would resort to things like this, like, oh man, okay, I remember doing this in high school. That girl's really cute. I don't really know her name. But I'm going to figure out through a yearbook who that is. And then I'm going to look in the phone book, which is another, right, archaic way of stalking people. Okay? We didn't have the benefit of Facebook to do it. <laughs> I had to look up. And you had to find her parents' number. Okay? And most homes only have one phone in the home. Okay? And so you would call, and almost exclusively, dad or mom was answering. Hello? Uh, you know, and then it was just like, let it fly, baby. You know, just... I, and, and the humiliation of like, do you know who this is? Yeah, you know that, you know that guy that a little funny looking and goofy? It's me, I wanted to call you and I wanted to see if you wanted to go out on a date. Uh, you know, and then hang up and that might just be my story. Okay, me, I'm not going to put that on you, all right? But, but why I say all that is because eventually over the years, I didn't need somebody to necessarily teach me how to do this. I had to have somebody teach me to do it righteously, okay? I didn't need that. I really did, man. I had no clue. But I'm just telling you that oftentimes we get locked up because we're like, how do I do that? How do I like love the lost? How do I not come across as like completely judgmental and self-absorbed and just better than people and all of this kind of stuff and arrogant? How do I do that? And and here's what I'm saying is, is we just got to talk to lots of people. All right, because here's the deal is, is there's no way that you can just go. I'm going to take this 10 week course and I'm going to do it so perfectly that every time I go and talk to someone, it is just like smooth. Man, I know exactly what to say and you heard it perfectly and and and, and there's no conflict or anything that doesn't exist. But to love people well means to get in contact with people and to ask questions with people, and to talk to people. And so I want to know, I'm kind of wondering, like, how, many, how often do we wake up in the morning and we think, Jesus loved the lost, I want to love the lost. I'm going to go out today looking for God to, to show me who are the people that are looking for you. Because here's the truth of the matter is, I spent a number of years totally lost, totally dead in my sin, that I wasn't interested on Jesus. And I'm sure there were people inviting me to things and trying to reach out to me. And I was like, I'm not hearing it, okay? But there are people that want to hear it. Is that happening? Okay, if we're going to love well, if we're going to go, hold on a minute. God, I see what you're doing. I see how your heart is, even for your prodigal son, even for your good son. I see that Jesus' purpose was to seek and save the lost. Will my obituary one day say he loved the lost like Jesus did? And there's something that goes into this word love that Jesus uses, and it's self, self-sacrificing love. It's the idea of did I love people and will I love people enough to be warm and loving and hospitable and bringing them into my life? Am I, am I, am I run by that each day? Not running through town going, lost, 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 lost. Who wants to come to church now? But just, God, one person right now, one person today. And I'm going to go to talk to so many people that I have a possibility to talk to and just make it clear, okay? Let me be warm. Let me be hospitable. Let me make sure that they know they're welcome to come. Please come out to my church. Please come to my family group. Please come to my group of three. Please come to my cross-training group. Please, I want you to be so welcome with what I'm doing. But also, I want to study the Bible, too, All right. If Jesus loved the lost, if that's what he came for, and we're called to follow him, we really can't love well if we don't love the lost. And I don't know, every one of us sitting in here, you're at a different place, okay? It may be like you're at zero. You may have thought, I've never thought about this before. All right? Then start there. You, you may be at like, no, I, I'm, I do this, but it's not really my heart. I do it because I know I'm supposed to do it. But it's not my heart. I don't talk to enough people to, to get the, the temperature of their heart. I, I don't really pray in a way that, that is even engaging me to, to like go and encourage and, and reach out to. I, I don't love well enough to even talk to my own family about this. Or to love them in a way that if I were to convey the information, they would go, Really? You follow Jesus too? Right? I mean, it's, it's, it's coming from death to life. It's living it out. It's living a life following Jesus. And there's not a whole lot of practicals other than you've got to start and mess up. And, and here's the truth is, is, you know what God specializes in? Mess ups. That's his place. That's his sweet spot right there, man. It, believe me, God ain't waiting for me and you to do this perfect. Because, oh, man. But God is like, no, I specialize in mess ups. I specialize in mess-ups. So even if you say something, you're like, that was the dumbest thing in the world to say. You know what Jesus would say? Dude, go back and just apologize. Say, I'm sorry. That was so stupid. (laughs) It's okay, because God specializes in mess-ups. He's not waiting for the perfect performance, but he's waiting. Man, if we're going to love well, we've got to love the lost well. Mm -hmm. And I want to just share this. That doesn't mean judging people. That's not my decision. Like, It's not me, because I don't know everything, okay? but the truth of the matter is I have to have that conversation I've got to be able to proclaim the gospel I've got to be able to ask questions okay? this isn't about judging intention this is, there's a reality there are people who are lost and there are people who are saved and that's just reality and we've got to be good at that but we've got to love well or we're going to be a clanging symbol that's it a like that. one at a time these are the things that go through my mind one at a time one to time, Jesus. You don't know what? Jesus loved me enough to send people in my life that helped me when I was lost, yeah. <laughs> and taught me how to get found, and taught me how to come to life. And then Jesus going, "Remember all that, Keith? Okay, you remember how they did that? You remember how they loved you? Remember how they walked with you? Remember the hard conversations they had with you? Now please go and do that with people. And there are people in your own life right now. But how much have we thought about that consciously? Like where we're really determined to think that way. It's going to be really tough to love well. Here's a few things, though, okay, and and, and there's a principle that is really helpful for me. Have you ever heard of the QBQ principle? It's a business principle. The question behind the question, okay? It's personal accountability, essentially, is what it is. Basically, um, the question behind the question is, our first question oftentimes is, why aren't these guys getting that right? Why aren't my group of three doing this better? Why am I campus doing this better? Why am my family group doing this better? Okay, the question behind the question is: What am I doing to make it better? That's the question that matters. I I don't know. Do you know? I don't know the answer to why other people do or don't don't do things. But if I'm sitting around asking the question of what's wrong with them, that's not changing anything. We've got to ask the question behind the question, which is: What am I doing though? Am I going and asking help? Am I going and like inspiring and encouraging? Am I even going out? Am I even praying in the morning for people that I'm like, oh, God, you put these people in my life. They're struggling to find things out. Just give me your words. Let me just pursue and proclaim the gospel. Is that even happening? In order to love well, we have to love the lost well, too. Seeking the lost one person at a time. You know, we talked about the person of peace. Remember Matthew chapter 10? Jesus sent his guys into a town. He said, listen, you know, go through that town. And there are going to be people, he said, proclaim the gospel. You go and talk to everyone. You go to Starbucks and talk to everyone. You go to All In and talk to everyone. You go to the apartment complex. And talk, you go to your classroom. You talk to everyone. And the more you talk to them and the more you talk to them about me and the more they see your life, they are going to be people going, hold on a minute, we got to talk. And that's going to be your person of peace. The person you're going, hey, come over to my house. Can I go to your house and eat? Can you know, and, and, and all of these things. And there are going to be people that are going to go, I need to talk to you. All right? That only happens if our mindset is that I go into the world with the heart of Jesus. Yeah. To, to love the world and to love the lost well. Okay? And, I, and I know it would be great for us to sit here and go, our job has been done. Everyone's saved, but it's not true. There's too many, there's too many people who, are, who would love in our lives to hear the gospel. And to learn how to go from death to life. There's too many all right but we've got to pray for them we've got to seek them we've got to open our mouths we got here's the hard thing is is we got to get out of ourselves right i mean isn't it easy i mean we get as christians we should be the most relaxed people not all locked up and and goofy and all that kind of stuff but we've got to get out of ourselves and and listen you've got to just like okay listen this isn't comfortable but hey come on get out of yourself I've got to remember, oh, I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like, you know, I'm in Starbucks sometimes talking and somebody sits next to me. I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to these people. You know, and it's not like the first thing you're like, hey, here's my card. I'm a minister, you know, but you just start a conversation. But we've got to be out of ourselves, like get out of our own selfish selves to talk, right? And we've got to do this with our kids, too, man. This has to happen with our children. Sometimes it's the hardest thing is in our own families. All right. Of just having the talk of going, oh, man, I mean, my kids need the gospel proclaimed to them. That's right. I know Ellie's about perfect. She's about perfect. But I want her one day to become a disciple and Caitlin and all these kids to, to go. Listen, I love Jesus so much. I'm going to die in baptism. I'm going to live for him. OK, but they need to see that in us, too. Right. It really it's got to happen. What does Jesus obituary say? What if we were to read that? What if, the, what if the newspaper came out or whatever you're reading online for your news or something like that, like the obituary of Jesus? Jesus loved before he was loved. Yeah. Remember, now I'm saying all this because remember Jesus has fooled us all into saying, now you have to do what I did. Right? If you're going to call yourself a Christian, you've got to walk like I walk. Right? He loved before he was loved. He hated sin. Did you know that? Jesus hated. (laughs) Like, oh my goodness. That's the heresy right there. Did he say Jesus hated? Think about it. What else do you call it? If you're willing to go, oh, no, 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 no. To put a stop to this, to love the way I need to love, I need to hate what's killing people. And I'm going to die for it. Hated sin. Boy, that right there is one of those things like, oh, man, you mean to love people well I've got to hate sin? Yeah. Yeah. You mean to love the lost? i got to hate sin? Yeah. If we're going to love well, yes. Jesus hated sin. It's not like, no, no, no. Jesus, I hate sin, but like I'm a master of getting super close to it without getting burned. (laughs) Isn't that great? You'd love your spouse to say that, right? No, no, I'm going to be faithful. I'm just going to get like so close to unfaithfulness, but you're good. Don't you want Megan to say that to you? Why? Well, I mean, but, you know, the truth is, is, is it's that idea of we're telling our spouses and our spouses want us to know us, you stay away from other people. Don't even get close to someone else in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Right. But sometimes we do that. We're like, but, you know, I could get kind of close to sin, but Jesus knows I love him. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear that from my spouse. Do you think Jesus wants to hear it from me? No. Right. Hated sin. He proclaimed the gospel even when it wasn't popular. Jesus probably lost a lot of buddies because of this. And it's funny, I love this. You know, he couldn't be lured in by the world. Right? We see that in Matthew 4. Man, he got everything. You want to be famous? You, you, want, to, you want everyone to just bow down to you? You want to own a kingdom? You want to rule a kingdom? And the funny thing is Jesus is like, well, I do. Okay? <laughs> but, we're, but we're hearing this, right? Going, no, 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 don't you want to be famous? Hey, keep working. I mean, no, 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 no. Study and study and study. So you got, so you're totally disconnected from anyone that can help you follow Jesus. Believe me, that's the world. Tempted. Jesus, like, I'm not going to be lured in. Matthew four. You can. He said, I won't be lured in to something that's going to make me comfortable or something that's going to make me. Can't be lured in. And here's the other thing in Jesus' obituary. I think as I was writing these things down, I thought, you know what? They would say he's generous. don't use that word too much anymore he's generous he gives more than needed before it's asked for he gives more of everything he's generous don't just don't just take my teachings take my life right don't just let me do this let me heal you don't you i mean just generous and i think you know what wow if we're following him will our obituary not do we want it to i think we all want we all want that but will it and well, will here's the deal is is if you live 80 more years we're writing our obituary right now <coughs> me and you are the youngest kids in here the oldest one's in here we're writing it right now and there's no changing it once we're gone there's no changing it to go oh yeah uh, but what they meant was this it's like what did your life look like